You are listening to a special episode of the Bondzilla Podcast. This week, we take a deep dive into everything James Bond. The name's Bond. James Bond. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another... Uh, episode of the Bondzilla podcast, a uh, traditional deep dive slot, uh, but I thought I'd, we'd do something a little bit special, a little bit different for uh, the quarantine. Sorry, I'm just <laughs> having a little trouble getting comfortable. Uh, there we go. Wait. I'm trying to put my feet on this thing. Don't mind me. Don't mind the co-host on the other, on the other mic. I'm Will, by the way. It's, a, it's Nick. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so how's 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 quarantine going for everybody? Everyone, how how you doing, Nick? Uh, how you, you know? How you, how you handling it? Uh, it's, well, the rain hasn't helped. Yeah, uh, it's been raining here over in the big California mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, past couple days, and uh, you just want to get out, and you can't because uh-huh. you don't want to walk in the rain. I mean, yeah, I'm no, a, I'm a I'm that. a rain hater. Like I I appreciate rain. Oh, from you don't you don't like rain. I, I appreciate rain from a like it's good yeah. for like the plants and the, and the <laughs> earth in general. Like rain is is a good thing for uh, for everybody. Right. Uh, I hate standing in the rain. I hate well, walking who, in the who, rain. Well, I guess there must be some people. No, who there's like people, standing but it'd be, in the like, rain. there's 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 like. But don't you don't like a, a nice rainy day? Like you don't like just sitting inside while it rains. Like to me, it, it's like well, to be fair, I got all of my business done before it started raining yeah see my thing is like it's kind of been raining like you know i guess if you want to go out for a walk you can't but i don't know it's like i I was was like sitting here i was playing some video games and it was raining and then nice nice little nice just nice amount of sunlight i'm just i was fine i think it's just my you're you're just too picky i just like i just would rather not be rained on Uh that would be but you're inside yeah, but it's like I, I, I like there's people who will go out for like a walk but or something. Don't go out for a walk. I w- didn't. Yeah. So but, it just seems like But I I kind of, you know, it's like I got to keep up my appearances. Yeah, but it just seems like you have this staunch opinion on rain when it's just like just don't go outside. Well, I'm also someone who like, like do you not like the rain or do you just not like walking in the rain? That's two different things. Cuz there's certain people I, I, who no, just being, don't like rain being wholesale. Out, being out in the rain. Okay. No, right. I, like I said I'm a, I'm a decent fan of rain as mm-hmm. as a as a concept. As a, <laughs> But it, me being in the rain is, right. is a not not something I enjoy. No, it's a it's a no go. How have you been? Uh, you know, occupying the time. Uh, waking up. I mean, it wasn't a trick question. It was like you know, I'm getting everybody you know up to date. You know, wake it's up. A, it's a deep dive episode. We have a little bit more time to yeah. just chat. So it's like you know, I'll yeah. wake up, do some writing. Yeah, watch a thing, watch an old thing, watch a new thing. Yeah. Watch some wrestling, rinse and repeat. That's the one thing about you that I have to admit is that your commitment to just watching things, this is going to sound funny, but your commitment to just like, like actually like going on, like either whether it be Disney plus or like your old movies or whatever, like your commitment to like, oh, I haven't watched that. Let me watch this. Oh, I haven't watched that. Let me watch this. All right. I've seen this before, but like, I'll watch that. But you're like, for me, cause it's always like. Oh, once I get some downtime, I'm gonna blow through all the movies I haven't seen before. Oh, I'm gonna check out that series on Netflix, and it it never, it never happens. Well, I mean, I know this. What? 
you know what? Because this is this is the opportunity for us to watch all those things I've wanted you to watch. Right. Well, and, no, and technically no, no, no. I well, could don't bring yourself into it. And I'm I, talking about me. No, I'm no, but it's like literally like like I have, you know, Cowboy Bebop, man. I'm, yeah, I'm, it's but, sitting well, there. No, what about the thing? But what about my? We dream? can watch. What about my dream? We can watch. No, 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 no. See, again, I'm bringing up a me problem, and you're making it a we problem. Yeah, but it's just like, but that's just how I, I interact with the world. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be mad when he's honest. Like it's just that's 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 spectacular. And and this all started with me giving you a compliment, and it just turned into yeah. a slam. I just I like having something on. Yeah, I like. Well, I no, mean, no, no. I do too. But you actually commit to. Oh, I haven't seen. Like by the end of your breaks, normally you, if you, because sometimes you do this weird thing where you deem unnecessary to say anything, but uh, you do come out the other side much more enriched with new material <laughs> yeah. than than I do. Like I, I will never forget. The whole conversation we had about the Mandalorian. I get halfway through the, the I, I get halfway through the conversation explaining what happened, and then you tell me that you had already seen it. Why not just Why not just tell me? Well, because you were the, talking about it. <laughs> like I do like I do enjoy like a good recap. Wi- will recap. Right, right. Like right. there there have definitely been historically movies of just you coming home from a movie. Oh, and then just and then like it's recanting just, just it. The, yeah. the your version of the recap. Yeah, like, I need to do I need to do one of those, but with those new like TikTok auto tune filters. <laughs> I feel like I, feel, I think you could. Yeah, I think you could be. You could hit it big. So this is what happens in the movie. Um, yeah, I feel like it was funny because so technically I I had been working from home for like the last couple weeks, mm-hmm. and this is the first week I'm not my my day job. As much as it was a day job, um, you know, for the past couple of weeks. Uh, you mean the podcast isn't your full time gig? No. Oh man. Oh uh, no. I'm, well, you know, I just swim in so much money mm-hmm. through this. You know, <laughs> sometimes I just pick up a day job just for lulls. Um, but so anyway, so last week was the week I was. It was like my final week of doing the day job before I'm like officially on a hiatus slash quarantine induced hiatus. And um, it was just funny because – and during that time, I was doing, like, stuff I would do during my downtime. So I was doing some uh, DIY projects related to the podcast. I created album covers uh, for my um, King of the Monsters vinyl set uh, because I don't, I don't know if I've ever talked about it on the site. I know I put it on – or on the site, on the podcast. I know I put it on Twitter, but I had the um, album set vinyl uh signed by bear yeah, McCreary. You, you talked about this on the podcast and uh so i wanted to frame that but i wanted to get like the album so i put them in their own cases but they didn't have album art so i created album art for that um and then the other one i finally did was create blu-ray cases for the criterion set so now all those discs in the book that if you guys remember is way too big it is it's absurdly big it and is. way it, I, just, I remember that when when we were like well what about my bookshelf because my bookshelf has like a little bit taller yeah but like nope it's it's still like yeah it, it's, it's absurd it's, it's, abs- it's a big book it's absurd how big it is and will so, will likes his things on the shelf yeah i do and i wanted to make it like with the other blu-rays and um so i finally created those blu-ray cases i thought they turned out pretty well i was actually fairly happy with them yeah yeah. Uh, and the book itself Mm -hmm. is on display uh in uh the on my desk slash studio yeah it's right here yeah 
How, how's it look? Uh, looks great. <laughs> I mean, there used to be a computer sitting there because yeah. of his work. It stuff. was a computer for like one or two episodes. You're making yeah, no, it, no, it but like, but it was really like I couldn't like do this. Yeah, I, I feel like I couldn't, now I couldn't like put my hands. Anywhere. I feel like now the um the setup that I mean the setup hasn't changed, but just the way you're postured and it seems like I I figured out the right amount of room that you need. Well, you know podcasting. me, Will. Yeah. I like to. You d- you you are on a non-ending uh, hunt for comfort. Yes, like nothing will stop you from being mm-hmm. comfortable. And it, it, it's a, it's an admirable uh, yet absurd trait. Yep. I, I I would say so. It has calmed down a little bit in terms of the absurdity lengths I go to. Back back in college, I yeah. used to really really fight for it. But yeah, but you would fight for it in other people's dorms yeah but i mean like now I, you're just we we, you, we have our own place yeah. so it's like yeah you just, you just lounge you just lounge so don't make it seem like it's some sort of you're a hero you're no I'm, hero I mean, i've grown a we're little bit we're not heroes nick i've, I've we're grown just, we're just two podcasters just trying to spout the truth um but anyway all that said um so i was doing all that last week and i kind of got through that Throughout that week while doing other work yeah. as well. So then now this week comes along and I'm like, oh, man, what do I do? So I, I've had – you know. admittedly, I've had my – and don't say watch something that you want to watch. We can just hang out. Yeah. Well, what do you want to do? It, it, that's, just, that's just us watching stuff. Well, it, I mean, I don't know. We're hanging out right now. We could, yeah. This is hanging we, out. We could. This is it. Well, yeah. Treasure it. Do you not treasure these times? <laughs> I do. <laughs> But th- this week was the first week where I think I hit where everybody else kind of got a little bit where it's like, a little bored. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sorry to force myself to pick some stuff you know, up, but um, why don't we get those? Yeah. Let's do some more. Let's just do some more stuff. Yeah. It's like, what, where else are you going to do projects with? Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. I could be an entrepreneur. Yeah. And do it we myself. We could figure out something. We could. We just could. But will we? Yeah. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Um. So anyway, so I hope everybody else is doing okay. Yeah, I mean, we're here for you. It's it's reach crazy. out. It's crazy times. Some good stuff happening. Some not good stuff happening. And one thing I will say though um, about the uh, quarantine is that I've immediately reverted to my old stay up till like two or three in the morning. Nick, I've noticed this because like I used to be like like 2014, 2015, me like right when we were out of college. That was like me just stay up, do a little work, watch something. Or like go to bed at two, wake up at 10, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Then when I started working, obviously I had to get up earlier and stuff like that. And I became much less of a night owl. Even on my days off, I would generally go to bed around, you know, 11, 12. But like, it was just like, now that I don't have to go out anywhere, it's like, again, I've, I've immediately reverted into like, stay up till two, wake up at 10 mm-hmm. type of thing. So yeah. it's like, it's been very interesting. And I'm sure like once, Whatever that day is that I do go back to work and it'll be have to revert to to. to I was, I was going to say like don't don't lull into that too unless well, you the know thing is, you is can like, snap yourself. Yeah, out because of it. it's like I've done the, the same. The other thing is like I've also done the thing where it's like for work I can really do anywhere between six to eight hours like of sleep. It's like if I need if I just like stay up a little bit later if I yeah. have to get up in six hours. It's like, like I'll deal with it. My 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 body. I, I know my body's limitations. Yeah, um, I, but like I, but now it's very much like. If I have the, you have the chance to like actually sleep in all the time. It's like you just gotta be vigilant and get out of bed. And, oh yeah, and do I, your I, thing. I messed up my sleeping uh, a long time ago, so take it take it from me. Just yeah. uh, 
get that under control. Um, I was going to talk about, um, before we get into what we were deep diving about, a um, couple things, Godzilla and Bond related. Um, Bond related is uh, that, uh, unfortunately, we had a passing yeah. uh, this this week. Um, um, so that's bad news. I mean, silver lining to it was not COVID related. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's always like, there's been so many of those, by the way. Yeah. Um, recently where it's just like, this person dies or passes, and there have been some, but there have been others where it's just every every notice you just think is going to be like, oh, it's because it's because of Corona, and then yeah. but luckily this one. So Nick, you can uh, post your favorite uh, GIF of uh, Denzel. Watt. Can you explain this story? Because this is actually the funniest story. Oh, so basically, you know, Twitter. Yeah, Twitter's not perfect. I still enjoy it just, you know, interacting with, with the people that I like interacting with. But, you know, occasionally I'd make the mistake of looking at the trending topics, you know, because you're just like, what's going on? You know, I get enough bad news. What else bad news do I need to go with? And then you'll see basically like, I don't know, you'll see just a celebrity trending. Like, yeah. you know, like, uh, you know, Kate Upton or, Kat or you know, some you know Jennifer Aniston, like someone yeah, or yeah. or Paul Rudd, yeah. And then you're just anybody. Like, and I'm like, why is that for like you know you're like, like oh did they do something bad or is like a movie on like you know or, or did they do an interview or something? And then especially just, now with the global pandemic right, going on, right. now it's you're even more on edge, right? So then you like you click it, and every single time, the first thing you see is some sort of variation on the tweet. Oh, I thought my girl Jennifer Aniston was trending because she got the corona, or like she had died or <laughs> and something. Then and then it's the same shot of Denzel Washington, like putting his hand to his heart, like yeah, yeah. like you. you oh, if like anybody's really, on Twitter, you know what movie is that from? I can't tell you. I, like I, I've seen that gif so many times. So not only when you said that, I was like 100% knew what you were talking about, and I was absolutely on board with you. And not only that, I have fallen for that. At least four times since you and I last Talked spoke about it. about it. It's always like this. Yeah, you're right because Paul Rudd was on there, and because it's, like it's his birthday. Rudd. Yeah, and then but then it'll be something like, um, like Luigi from like Mario and Luigi is yeah. like trending, and then you click on it, and then somebody will still be like, "Oh, I thought Luigi got COVID 19 and then it's like just like. <laughs> It's the like, thing is, it's, it's like it's, Denzel it's different doing that people thing. every time, but it's the exact same variation really on the joke. It like it's not, it's like past being not original. Yeah. It's like people. But it's are, so funny though. That's what kind of makes it great though. Now, right? Is that it's almost a guaranteed it's a, thing, and it's always the first one. That that's the thing. It's not like you have to scroll down for it. It's always legitimately that like the first thing. People are like still liking and retweeting it. Then yeah. it comes up right away. Well, it's first so, time for everything. It's yeah. one of the two Twitter trends I'm not on board with. Yeah. You love it though. You secretly love it. That one I can get more on board than the like, oh, like, pick, like pick three and the other three don't exist anymore. <laughs> like what the hell is that? Uh uh well, anyway. What was I talking about? Well, we oh, talk, yeah. We were so talking about Death Hon- in the Bond family. Honor Blackman. Honor Blackman. Uh, passes. Uh, Honor Blackman, of course, uh, famously played Pussy Galore mm-hmm. in Goldfinger. And, I mean, what else is there to say? She's like. You know, it's interesting that a lot of people, like, 
led off with she was like the star of like the Avengers TV show. Well, that's I mean that's still especially well I mean the thing is like in the UK especially like that was definitely like her most notable thing. Got it. Um, because like obviously like probably from a worldwide standpoint that that her role as pussy is her most iconic, but it is to be said that. You know, the Avengers was a major show. Do you think they just couldn't do it because they can't write pussy galore on the uh, on the headlines? It's not it's not safe for work. <laughs> you, it, 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 the, the headlines would have been like Bond Star, Bond Star, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is like, what else is there to say? Is just like we've we've talked about the character of pussy, and um, you know, obviously. The thing is that Honor Blackman makes that role iconic. Like, there's really no one else that could have. Oh, sure she, sure. she plays that exactly as that role needs to be played. Just the pantsuits, the the badassery, especially at the beginning of, of that role. Like, her first scene with Bond is still one of the all-time Bond girl, you know, and uh, Bond scenes. And she's really the prototype of and the originator of the villain Bond girl type mm-hmm. of deal. And not, yeah. not all of them turn, but it's like you don't have the onotops and you don't have those types of characters without Pussy Galore and without Honor Blackman's performance in that role. I think that, you know, it's just that she's still, like, if you ask people, like, to think of a Bond girl, she's going to be, like, her and Honey Rider are basically still the two that people are going to say, especially those that are classic bond fans and and it's also i mean she has had a very legendary career outside of bond she is definitely one of the the bond girls that that you know she did the avengers before that she definitely still had other roles after after her her time as pussy and i think it's you know it's obviously sad um yeah she she lived a long life and she had a long career and and definitely should be remembered for for all of her roles but i mean especially within the bond community you know it's something to to remember and and the biggest thing is like because again like i had mentioned because of what's going on right now it was it was nice to uh hear it was like a statement from the family that um just died died of old age very peacefully surrounded by family and uh so uh, that so you know that that's always good to hear. Always sad to lose somebody part of the Bond and Godzilla family, but um, always nice to hear that it's under those circumstances at least. And then one more thing to just kind of hop over to the um, well, no, I think this 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 involves both of both of our films because especially now because ladies and gentlemen and all listeners, uh, it, this we would have been talking about a Bond movie. Uh, <laughs> As we speak, uh, which is that's kind of another thing about this quarantine a little bit is like now we are starting to pass like the dates. Right. Because yeah, like, it was oh, always we a head. Yeah, we would have seen movie. And it's like, you know, one thing that when they do get delayed is another thing to be like, you know, again, we had the whole because the other thing about this was that just in terms of planning, it was originally going to be like, you know, this this recording would have been our big last Bond 25 preview mm-hmm. or last No Time to Die preview and then the movie would have been saw seen th- this weekend and so we had this whole thing planned out so then when this was coming up I realized like I have to figure out something to do for our like deep dive mm-hmm. episode so yeah I mean uh, so that's what's kind of crazy but one of the other things is that now there's a little bit of forward thinking in what's going to happen with a lot of movies um it, it, it seems like uh that they're really stocking up everything in the fall, and mm-hmm. that fall uh, is going to become an interesting. It, 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 everything movie related, um, and and what's weird is like, I, like not in terms of like the actual movies, like in in terms of like 
like you know we're always gonna have movies and stuff they're always gonna make movies yeah but in terms of actually like theater going i should say is going to be very fascinating honestly for the rest of the year the the main thing about it is that in terms of movies like most of the movies are moving to like november december because that's uh, if they're not moving to 2021 they're basically moving to november december because that's like the safest that's like like the safest decision like 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 you know, we've seen some movies kind of move to like the like late summer, like you know, the Mulan's probably the earliest with like the late July, you know, where I still think it's just that's still kind of a placeholder until they see kind of what's actually going right. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But most of these movies and like if they're not being moved till next year, you know, um if you're if you're you know, a movie you're basically like right now like November and December are just like stacked in with yeah. with stuff. Well, I mean, that was going to be my question because it was one of those things. I remember going all the way back that when they were releasing a lot of these movie dates. Oh, and I think it was when Godzilla vs. Kong first got moved back to November. Mm-hmm. You know, it was kind of like an iffy month, you know, in terms of we were thinking of like the, you know, we'll be able to stand out like um, with all that stuff. But now the entire landscape of that whole like especially october november december um if you know they the theaters open up and like the way that we want them to be uh or at least in the safest possible way like what what are we what are we thinking i I have so many not not maybe so many but like i'm I'm so conflicted about exactly how this is going to go down because it's going to be so unprecedented because, like, all these movies, like, it's going to be Bond, it's going to be Kong versus Godzilla versus Kong, it's going to be Black Widows, like, in that period now. And it's that, like, that one Ryan Reynolds video game movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just like, it's year. so many movies coming out. Like, what's going to happen? Like, because there's a little bit of me that thinks, like, movies, like, opening up, especially, like, the big movies, that there will be, because you have to contend with the possibility that maybe. It's going to be a combination of theaters taking their own precautions post COVID nineteen or like you know post like this the intensity, up up. Uh, and then you also have to contend that with you know your audience like what it, like we still don't know exactly what the audience uh, um, what the public's like attitude towards yeah. things like that are going to be. It's interesting. It because- depends. It really will depend on when this all happens yeah. like when we reopen the world or yeah. like United States, because like the thing is, is like that's so far away, but also not that far away at the same time. That's kind of the weird thing where it's like, if we kind of open things, like if we do open things up in like, let's say like kind of June, let's give our, like, right, let's just right, say right. like June, maybe J- like July. Like obviously I don't think, I don't think everything's going to be closed all the way till July, but like we kind of do a slow roll of things opening yeah. up. We figure this out. Summer kind of happens. We're kind of getting back into that feel. Yeah. Depends on kind of like how much time you have. Now, do you when you mean everything? Do you mean also mean like theaters and well, stuff? Well, that's a, but that's because I I think like theaters kind of fall in that last thing to open up over the course of like the summer. Honestly, yeah. that's why I think it's kind of well, I, I just bold think, in any. Movie I honestly still think up. nobody still knows what the hell. No, no, I, like, I yeah. There's really like no way for us to really like even us to really determine like what's going to happen. I think that we're all just kind of, I think that's the other thing about the quarantine is like, obviously we kind of know, okay, we're sitting at home, but there's a, there is a lot of just like kind of the sitting and waiting for like, but there's a good chance that like, what's interesting is like, there's a good chance that anything that's like the big mass things is going to 
take the most of a hit in terms of the, that right, may yeah. be the most just because it, but it's I, given I mean, what's I going think there's, on. I think there's a lot of conversations that could be had about this. Sure, like like that, like more on kind of culture, like cultural and political things that I don't think is just I don't feel like is is we don't really have all the time in the world to talk about. But it's just like you know. From an American standpoint, especially, like I could see it going either way. I could see people still being overly cautious after this is all over, yeah. or I could see the American like headstrong, like oh, we gotta like go out and and do things normal because that's the American way. Well, like but- I, I still see that as especially within certain parts of the country. Yeah, I I think I think that there is a level of once all these big movies are coming out, I think you're going to just just by like especially the big movies, right. like you're not gonna stop nerds. From like going to flood right. the theaters, like you're just you're just not so that that so but there so there's a level of like I think that there could be everybody does want to get back to the movies and there's also in a weird way movies even though they are I never feel have that same like it's a big crowd event like even though it technically is like I I feel like a person could I could foresee a person being more cautious of like a sports game or a concert where kind of the experience is like everybody shoved into yeah. like a, into a, a stadium together where I feel like a movie doesn't movie theaters don't really have that same uh attitude towards them. I don't think people necessarily right. think of them as like you're stuck in a room with a bunch of people. Right. Um well like it's I I think movies are kind of relatively it's like one of those funny things where not on the same level but i think like there is a sense of like we've gotten to the point in movies where it's like kind of like the airplane experience like we're all in the room together but we're all basically there for ourselves sure yeah because i think like like stuff that's like a, that's a like, really good comparison like sports is more so like that whole communal like you're the fans everybody's yelling and everything yeah. like that where it's like, like you're not going and hugging the person next to you when they land the plane right like yeah i mean it depends on i mean obviously we, we you, you like being in that crowd experience it's right. like because always like one of my jokes is less like airplanes is very much a weird thing because it's like you're all with these people from anywhere from like to the five hours mm-hmm. and you're all just trying to like be in your own little world and yeah i think the movies obviously like nowadays especially with phones and people talking you know that's like the thing where it's like Shh, you know, it actually it's, you're th- this is actually a really good comparison like it is because it's like and then if somebody's fucking around next to you on an airplane yeah. it's the same way in a movie theater like knock it off like i'm trying it, to just, sleep it, or i'm like, trying to watch like like where? What are you like? Like what is he doing over there? Why would they bring that baby along? Like this <laughs> is excellent. Yeah, I but okay. Uh, but, it, but I feel like you, you. Yes and no too. I feel like. I mean, I think like it's still gonna bring people in the theaters, but you know, it's just like the road to like. Do Do you think if you had to put money down on it now that like I mean I mean and there's also been like not. There's there's been weird news about like AMC and theater chains and everything, which we hope gets sorted out, but. Like, do you foresee, like, that they're going to probably, like, be, like, uh, maintain some rules? Like, maybe, like, less crowded theaters, things like that? I'm very, I'm expecting that to happen. It's one of those things, like, I'm kind of, I'm among the people that, like, once things reopen, I think I'm, I'm gonna, I'm taking a more... I'm usually not this way, but I'm a more cynical person on this sort of stuff. I feel like they're going to need to take, like, they're going to be like, well, we need to make money, so we need to, like, sell tickets, so we need to, like, get more people in there. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, so you think, like, this? just, I, like- I just feel like when things reopen, as much as these companies are going to discuss it, I feel like it's going to be 
we're just going to go like they want things to be back to normal for better for worse you you know what i agree with that on most things but i feel like in these like i feel like it's it's just known that the issue is like big crowds like there's such a big liability issue that i think for the most part people understand that it would it would shock me if there was at least no precautions taken i I don't know i I don't know man i really i really just i'm just that sort of stuff, business stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm very much like, even if it's just for a while, mm-hmm. I I just I don't know. Yeah, because it's like I don't like it's like you know it's just like people will end up complaining, and obviously that's not a big deal with with lives on the line and stuff like that. But it's like it's just gonna I I, I just feel like they're gonna like it's, <laughs> I love how people will complain. People like listen. There was there was like a month or two where you were stuck in your house. Yeah, person. Now you're gonna complain that you like you have to sit two seats away from somebody. Calm down. I I don't know. I I I am a more so on like when businesses kind of go up, they're like, we need to recoup these losses. Yeah, let's pack them up. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I I think I think we're gonna see some precautions. But the the biggest question I want to ask, and this is the last one, is that let's say everything opens up to precautions or not business landscape wise in terms of everybody coming out and especially with those packed months of november december what happens what does that look like because that's a lot of like big different types of movies all coming out like in in a state like this is literally what everyone tries to avoid like i said it just I, i think it really depends on the the nature of when all this starts kind of happening because i think it's going to be a combination of do people have the extra funds, mm-hmm. you know, because obviously this is, you know, there's a lot of jobs being lost or or people that like aren't going to have paychecks for a couple months mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever it may be. And it's like, are people going to have, you know, because that was always the thing about like releases. It's like the, the worry is you put too many things together and then someone ends up kind of winning um, because, you know, and then the other movies kind of get hurt because, well, we saw the you know we saw the marvel movie we don't need to see men in black because you know you got to pick one or the other right right now we have had you know with the a-list it's kind of made things a little bit easier for people to the you know the people who want to see movies that you know you get the three a week and all that sort of all the sort of fun stuff um but i do just think it's like dependent on you know how long in advance kind of people are getting paid again and stuff like that because if we get to november and it's it's been a you know people are still struggling like you know, I think all that kind of extra entertainment's gonna gonna take a hit. Like, but I do think that I, I I honestly think that November will be fine. Like, if if everything kind of works out, I think November will be fine in terms of the movies because I think you'll still, you know, I think Widow being out first still will be a big hit. Um, because it's like basically the first of all these big movies. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, Bond coming out that and I think like you'll still have kind of the Thanksgiving weekend. I think people especially will try to be like, "Oh, let's do something as a family or let's do like uh, see the Bond movie or whatever." I think the December films, anything that got pushed to December is going to take a little bit more of a of a hit. Yeah. Well. I another thing to think about though too is like how when we get into like end of summer, like August, September, how do all these movies ramp up? marketing again right because there's that was a, a, there's, a, there's because, a there's a world where we get out and then like that and all the big movies are coming out in november and december and does the audience even know like is the energy and everybody like like how do they get people to remember that oh yeah remember we had a black widow movie coming out and it's coming out oh we had a bond movie coming out and it's it, yeah now, i mean i think 
There's a level of that. That I think I think the studios will manage. I think that there's going to be things that they do to you know kind of not those movies specifically, but I do think there's going to be more steps to take. I think. I mean, I think if if you be honest, I think you know Disney's got the easiest route because I think that they're just out there enough ubiquitously that I think when they start maybe po- I don't know I I think that no but it's don't it's underestimate like, people just like being very ob- oblivious no to, but like, it's, it's going to be theaters. like they're going to do stuff with you know they have the stuff they're going to keep putting on you know Disney Plus and they you know they're going to have the preview and at you know the parks whenever they reopen and they have the big marvel thing opening whenever that happens whenever the parks reopen that'll that'll happen i i think like disney's the most set up for this just because their stuff's everywhere and there there's ways for them to kind of start promoting things easiestly to me mm-hmm. um but i also cuz it's like you were you know, the thing was is that like you got to remember too that you know you already had seen the bond kind of promotion starting because you had seen um uh you know, you'd seen like Craig on SNL and, you know, he had started people were going on the late night shows and stuff like that. And that's usually like a big part of that marketing. And, but it's also like, I'm sure like if, you know, it's like, you know, if those late night shows are looking for guests again, um, you know, I'm sure they'll, they won't hesitate to bring out a Scarlett Johansson or a Daniel Craig again. I'm sure that I'm sure they'll find ways. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll find ways. Like, I think this like the thing is more so like not the, the thing will be really not, as much, um, you know, making sure people know these movies are coming out. It's just the the old rule of like making sure you're the thing that people want to see. Mm. Because I think it's just the thing is more so. I think people are going to know, especially you know, post all this stuff opening up. I'm sure there's going to be more like, okay, this is the confirmed date and stuff like that. You know, um, but I do feel like it's going to be more so like if a you're going to have to be like if a family is going to maybe see like one movie or two movies like you got to make sure that's the movie they're seeing mm, mm. well we will see we will we will see well we have we still don't have an answer to the absolute biggest question will anyone ever see new mutants <laughs> <laughs> or will it just whittle away oh no as if it never happened it's gonna no they're gonna they're, you know what they're gonna do they're gonna put it on quibi <laughs> <laughs> oh, recut it in the quibi, 10 minute episodes quibi um but uh, so we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. But uh, speaking today of a movie that is not going to come out in theaters in November, it actually is already out, and we watched it in here. Yeah, on video and streaming. Yeah. So normally, uh, you've seen the title of this episode. So again, I, I I like to explain those. Normally, this is a deep dive episode. Normally, we go into you know, a deeper subject on Bond or Godzilla, like whatever it may be. We, we kind of reflect on the films and stuff like that. Um, but I, I've, I've had this idea of doing uh, some bonus film stuff through the deep dives, mostly because for films that I feel like, you know, maybe are, are kind of related as our film is today and didn't want to spend a full episode on because, you know, it really isn't that much to go on about the movie. We've already kind of talked about it in, in one episode. But I thought, like, you know, it would be fun to do something silly, to see a silly movie, that a sequel to a movie that we both very much enjoyed. So I thought, why? And we were here. It's not like, you know, I have to wait for Ho to come from work. He has to wait for me to come home from work. We can watch a movie together, and we can hang out and be good podcast buddies and, and good roommates and stuff. Uh, so I thought we'd kind of have some fun, have some silly fun, talk about a, you know, sequel to a silly movie. So we're talking about the sequel to our episode from January, our man Flint. Mm. We were talking about its sequel today, 
1967's In Like Flint. Yeah, so if you really if you want to kind of get a uh you know kind of catch up on on this series as it were, go back and listen to that episode which was a fun fun episode and a fun movie too uh mm-hmm. to watch. And then so yeah, I mean, you know, um like kind of like what you said, you know, we'll just kind of like chat about it a little bit, you know, we're not going to we won't necessarily go through the same uh rigmarole that we do with our normal episodes, but I'm sure things will come up. Um, but yeah, this was one of those, if we remember all going all the way back to that episode, like, or even just when I watched the movie, yeah, like, so let's the, like the my, brief review on like our man Flint, just like in terms of like what we felt about it. Quick, quick oh, little, all I was going to say was that when the movie ended, my, my first reaction was like, I hope there's another one. Like, and, yeah. and, and as far, you know, my dream, my dream came true. Um, but I mean, if you, if you want like more of a broader thing about the movie itself, I mean, I go back to that movie thinking that um, in many ways it's a little bit more uh, satirical, um, but in some ways it's re- I claimed it to be the real perfect uh, answer, uh, American answer for James Bond in terms of like if you were to take all the more heightened, sillier elements that you think belong to James Bond, but how do you l- view that through like an American lens? Um that's kind of how I looked at at, at this at, at this uh, at the first film, um, and uh, so on a very sincere note, despite it being clearly uh, satirical in nature, a lot of it, um, there was a lot of it that I thought sincerely uh, fulfilled that aspect of it, just the Americanization. Yeah, I mean, the thing about like our man Flint, just to reflect real quickly on it before we get into talking about the sequel, is I found it to be like a a, a nice fun gem of a film. Um, like one one of the many things we've seen that's just like they don't make a movie like this anymore. Like it's just like it today it would be a little bit different. Um, but I thought like the thing was it was very much anchored by like two fun leads in Derek Flint and uh, our kind of M- Cramden Cramden. Um, and like the relationship between them was very fun. The movie just was kind of silly, uh, over the top, and just kind of nonsense in some ways and that's what kind of made it very enjoyable um so i was very eager to eventually check out the the sequel um that came out the next year so our man flint was 66 and the sequel was immediately put into production to come out in 67 um has a different director but same writer and the cast does come back Mm. um though i will say just you know we don't have to go into full production but one thing i did kind of find that the you know it was 20th Century Fox. They were very eager to put in the sequel, so they commissioned the sequel right away. Um, and uh, initially, Coburn was very happy to come back for it, but then found that like the you know the producer assigned to it like had kind of lost interest, and they got a director who didn't seem to really care. So according to Coburn, he basically directed most of the movie mm-hmm. just uncredited. <coughs> oh, excuse me, interesting. Uh, uncredited wise, yeah. Um, so, so, but like it still was very much like. Our, it was basically like our man Flint was very successful. It was kind of put into like we're going to do the satire of Bond. If it's successful, we'll kind of do our own series. It was successful. They're like, okay, well, let's make another one. That yeah. was basically like the production of the movie. So yeah, so uh, looking, I was looking forward to seeing this one, and, uh, and and honestly, kind of just like leading off with it uh, for me, I found it to be still fun, still enjoyable, um, just not quite nearly as 
like just well put together yeah. as the first one. Oh yeah, I, the first one is definitely. I think it was like I found like the first one was definitely the better of the two films. Yeah. And if you're gonna see one of them, definitely go see Arman Flint. And I still think that's a film to recommend. It, it it does not. I should say this about the movie. It does not surprise me that the the stuff about the directors yeah. that you're saying mm-hmm. that uh, that it was kind of helmed by somebody who didn't really have that much interest and then kind of picked up by somebody else in the production. It just, it has that kind of unfocused mm-hmm. feeling to it. Yeah. It was funny. It's kind of what I surprised me most to me about this movie about in, uh, in like Flint was I was expe- like, the thing was like, you know, usually with a sequel, like if you think about like, kind of like I was kind of more like in the, like style like Austin powers. Like once you get to the sequel, it's like, okay, now we can really let our, let our things lose and we can go really right over right. the top. And mm-hmm. even like the Bond movies kind of went in that way. So like, you know, you see those first two, they're a little bit more lower key. So once you get to like Goldfinger and like Thunderball, like the idea is like, oh, we're going to go big. And the thing was with like, with, with our man Flint, it was already kind of a silly over the top type of movie. So I was kind of like, oh man, like the sequel must be going crazy. And I definitely still were like some of those crazy moments. Uh, some of those things that really make it like a, a Flint movie. Uh, for better or for worse, but I, I found that it was a little bit more a lower key than the first you one. You know, I, I'm actually really glad that you said that. Like, that's a really good point because, like, that's kind of how I felt. Like, it didn't really – like, there. It, and again, there were many things in it that, you know, I still liked, and then that, and then that was stuff that I liked from the first film. But there was many times in it where it didn't seem to quite have a handle on – how silly things should be. Sometimes things were maybe a little too silly. Sometimes things weren't silly enough. And sometimes, all right, well, that would have played better, but it it plays at an odd time in the movie. And sometimes it goes on way too long without something silly happening. Yes, yeah. And then if and it does feel like that, like there feels like gags that were kind of like, well, let's do this because this may be kind of whimsical and funny and. Mm-hmm. And and some of them I some of them I thought were fine and some of them I did think were funny. So it's kind of a mixed bag in yeah. that way. You, yeah. And you're right. Like you you think that for a movie, I think that may be the biggest thing because the move the first movie set up such a good tone. So to see this movie only kind of pick up on that, pick up on that, and it is you know for it not to build on that like you said in an Austin Powers way because in some ways you're right like you know Austin Powers the second two movies just take what works about the first one and then ramps it up to 11 yeah. this one just kind of does stuff that made the first movie good and then when it comes to the actual plot of the movie feels similarly scattershot mm-hmm. a lot of the times so that would be yeah i think like yeah, the biggest issue with the film yeah but um i mean but not to you know be too down on it i mean there's still certain things that are great i yeah. think the two like flint and cramden yeah they're still very much fun yeah 100% they nail it um i think they they're great um you know this movie ends up uh, flint goes to space at one point he in does the movie before bond yeah, before so Bond does in the films at least. So that that's all great. Um, there's some potentially interesting stuff with like the villains that are are kind of um, that I, I just think there's some like there's some good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other things is production design and set pieces though very very good in the in this movie. I thought like the big like 
when he has to fight multiple people mm-hmm. and then like yeah. when he or if he has to like let's say they're at the at the beach and then like he has to scale a tree into like the thing like it's just the vi- like the the set design and the locations and just the general production design of the movie yeah i still think still like, is really if good there's, if there's a, the strengths of this movie that does obtain like i i would agree that um the characters of Derek flint and and uh, crammed in are still very fun to watch their relationships still very good um and I would say too, I think we've we've discussed this a little bit of time um, off camera, uh, off, camera off, off camera, off camera, off camera, um, off the audio camera. The, the the whole character of Derek Flint, I think, is is definitely someone I feel like that character specifically, with minor alterations, you could put into kind of a modern kind of context. Yes, and I yeah, feel like I it would definitely work because it's just like. You know, it's such a very specific, like, you kind of see it a little bit, like, it's kind of a mixture of just kind of, like, the specificity of, like, the, you know, the BBC Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. with, a, with a little bit of Bond in there, um, kind of all kind of wrapped around, even, like, kind of the, the confidence of an Ethan Hunt somewhere in there as well. Like, it's really a combination of all these other kind of detective slash spy characters, but it's also still so specific mm-hmm. and so unique, and... The, the, that's the kind of thing I most enjoyed about the rewatch is really just kind of confirming that like, oh, Derek Flint is a good character and this is a character that I would like to, like, I think you could do a remake on, a, could do a new spin on. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think that this is a series ripe for a remake. You yeah. know, I, I'm I'm championing like a, like a Ryan Gosling uh, mm-hmm. doing it or yeah. something like that. You could definitely pull it off. But, but, I, but I feel like, and especially like, you know, I obviously, and I think it's also a lot to that Coburn performance. Like, I think Coburn still kind of nails the cadence and and the just the right amount of like the silliness of what what he what that needs to be. Yeah. Um. And, but did, one one real quick question in this film: Did you feel like in this film they kind of leaned more into the he sleeps with everybody? Yes. I, yeah, because I was like, I don't really remember. That like I remember like we talked about like the the very tasteful ha- harem of women that he had like you know yes. it's still it's still a cliche and I get it but at least like right and, no and it, it definitely like leans into it a little bit because like the most in like that last movie was that he does kind of like have again there's like the female villain right that right. like he kind of has like some flirtations with and eventually invites her to be part of the harem at the end of the movie yeah. Um, but there's a little bit more of the kind of yeah. There's a little bit more of the yeah the sexiness, and, and then also like I, I don't again I don't want to say it was bad because sometimes it was still with the same type of wry humor from the first one. But then other times it's kind of just like played a straight like oh he's sleeping with everybody. So again it, it came mm-hmm. back down to that this movie doesn't quite have a handle mm-hmm. on how exactly how exactly to do that. I mean, one of the other big things, like, in terms of, like, the sillier gags is, like, like, there's a moment where he, he's, he's reintroduced. Yeah, his reintroduction. His reintroduction is him trying, is him basically speaking dolphin with his dolphin. Yeah. And there was a well, not le- his dolphin. The dolphin is being borrowed. Yes, as he is, yes. Like, <laughs> as he, you know, makes sure Calhoun knows. And I, and I couldn't put my finger on if that was too much or not. Because I was almost like, is this, like, too silly from, like, what he was doing? But it's also kind of, like, classic. Like, you know, it's kind of like that classic, like, 
all right, he's kind of like a mad genius, yeah. like uh, like he's uh, just working. weirdo, and then right. like you, it, it's always the classic thing that's like you go in and then like oh he's, he's doing, doing something, something weird, and it's also like he's doing something weird, but also underselling it. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's not like it's like it really, it's like he's just basically matter of factly. No, I'm just doing like sound waves him, and then like later he has like the you know he's kind of in working on this like you know. With the sound waves, he's working on the sonic gadget that can like move objects and it make them explode. Mm-hmm. And like Crown is like, that's incredible. And it's like he's just like, it's a toy. Like you know, <laughs> he eventually does yeah, use it in the movie, yeah, but like it's yeah. still that kind of wryness. Um, I just want to say during this scene, we do get an, uh, we you know we do get an update on the harem situation. Yes, I do want to yeah. say this. So he specific- wait, can, can we can we coin that the harem situation? Yes, <laughs> the harem situation. Yeah, um, you know, Cramden notes that like there's three girls and they're all different than the previous movie mm-hmm. and then he's like oh yeah like all the previous girls went off and got married and he you know he's like they're all you know well loved and you know the, you know all that sort of stuff and then he's like but there were four of them before right and he's mm-hmm. like well yeah it's like at one point there were five which is referenced at the end of the movie the other girl joins them and then he's like but i'm just trying to cut down yeah like it's too much that i thought was funny that was I, like, I thought that, that was, was funny. Kind of and a- another great and again but it, when it, it got way back on board with me it was like he like hands him like an encyclopedia or something or like, oh, yeah, some sort like of a book. book like a book. yeah and then he's just like oh he's like oh yes uh take this if you have some time and it's, he's like oh you it's like oh you've read it I wrote it. <laughs> well, it's just like, it's out, you know, it's like, oh, this book's already outdated. Yes, that's what it was. Time. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, you have time to read throughout all this? Like, I wrote this. Like, it's just, but it's already. <laughs> that out- I thought was great. It's I already thought- outdated. So, so that, um, so, you know, it, it may actually, as we go through this, may, it may sound like I'm actually more down on the movie, but so I want to talk about something really positive. Cramden is awesome yeah. in the movie, and he is honestly the heart and soul of these of these, of these films. Of both of these films, yeah. I absolutely love that character, um, and he's just had, he, yeah, yeah. He just he he just bounces off of Flint so well, and um, just and, and then he actually gets some kind of good solemn emotional moments yeah. too like yeah, i mean he, the, he is really the heart and soul there's and twice in this movie where the possibility of flint dying is like a real possibility at least to him and he sells that moment yeah. like i felt bad like he's just like he's like flint's dead or something like that and then like oh my god like it's like, like that it, was his it, buddy especially in the first movie where you have this whole thing where he doesn't you know he's like and you know he's against like using flint like yeah he's a loose cannon like, like and then basically like this one is like it's more so like i think like that first movie there's like that frustration I think in this movie, the way that Jay Lee Cobb plays it, there's just more so of an awe mm-hmm. of just like, you know, this is the guy I have to go to to like fix my situation. And then when he's dead, he's like, you really, like, at one point, like, they think Flint, Flint is dead. And Cram is just like, he, he was the greatest. Right. Like, he was. Like, he was the greatest person I could and, and I think that's the big, the best thing that they pick up from that first movie is like that you do feel like, okay, they're buddies yeah. in this one. Yeah. Uh, and, it's, and it's still like, even like that first scene where, where Cramden's like still like going through all the like Flint's apartment. And, you know, it's like he has to deal with like the dog and then all that sort of stuff. Like, everything like, it just feels so natural. And I think like the Cramden character, you're, you're very much right. Just kind of is just so much fun and in this movie he's a little bit more of just kind of like like the situation he puts him in is a little bit more of like he's kind of all over the place in terms of like he really just doesn't know what's going on but yeah and and some of that i i actually then then attribute to the actual filmmaking of it is like you know his his scattered appearance right but it's but it's there's still kind of even an arc where it's at some point he you know he's kind of been led around and led astray and he doesn't know who to trust and at some point he's just like you know what yeah 
I'm going to go out there. I'm going to do something myself. Yeah. Um, so, so that was definitely a big highlight for the movie for me. Um, so like the plot of the movie is ultimately, it's essentially like this evil organization of women is going to subliminally mind control the women around the world to usurp the patriarchy and take over the world. That's really what the plot of the movie is. And they've, they've replaced the president Yes, um, that's what gets this all started. Is that they use their, uh, you know, uh, I get like I think the ride joke there is like their their plastic surgery and makeup skills to yes. like turn this famous actor yeah. into the president, and they switched him out in a way that I actually thought was kind of clever because what they do is the president is what crammed in at like a golf event. Because they've also yeah. just the other part, big part of this is that they've just launched like a new space satellite. Yes. And so that's also part of their plan is that they're yeah. going to basically take, eventually it's really, they're going to basically There's take There's a space over. satellite they're and gonna... it has two uh, cosmonauts up there. And yeah. we, we also know that there's two uh, female astronauts yeah. up there as well. <laughs> Well, just no. The two female cosmonauts. Cosmonauts, yeah. yeah the, what did two, I say? Astronauts. You said there's. You said. Oh two, no, no, no! I got them confused because there's two male cosmonauts later in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, be, well, astronauts. Cosmonauts is. Oh my god! Astronaut. They're they're going to space. Well, cosmonauts is Russian. They're specifically I know, Russian. I'm just saying, astronauts they're, they're, are American. Listen, they're all humans. They're wearing a suit. They're going but to space. Basically, they've they've secretly implanted these women into the space station, and eventually they're going to take that over as well. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to basically kind of take over this major launch. And that's going to be their big, like, we're taking them off. But they basically do a thing where, yeah, Cramden and the president are golfing because they're celebrating, like, the first part of this launch. And, um, you see, like, the the women uh, and are basically, like, disguised as, like, these two boys and an old man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or the, 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 the fake president's the old man. The two ladies are these little boys. And they ask, like, the president for the autograph. They replace his golf ball with, like, a time stop. Essentially, like... A, yeah, like, it's a it, it's a smoke bomb that obscures and stops time. Essentially. Well, stops those people specifically. Yeah, <laughs> I, like basically, and so um, they switch out. They the, switch the, out, yeah, but Cramden knows something's wrong because the president has like you know your timing's off. Time me so you can see how fast I move my swing. Mm-hmm. And then Cramden, when he when he wakes up, he realizes that three minutes have passed on yeah. the softball. I thought that was kind of clever. I, I that thought was, that, that no, I thought that was very good. And it's basically that like. This would have gone out like Cramden essentially kind of stumbled on upon this plot, mm-hmm. like that he was just kind of impromptu invited to this golf game. He he he, he hadn't been there; nobody would have known a thing. Yeah, but like he, you know, he's kind of there, and he realizes, and that and that's another fun thing that I think builds off of the first movie because remember you're right the first movie was all about like we can't go to flint he's a loose cannon and he doesn't play by the rules and in this one like that's literally his first stop he's like i'm gonna take this to flint like he'll know what's like he'll figure out what's going on yeah and then i I love how flint's like uh you know he's like oh and and another thing is that in the first movie there was a lot of like well, I'm not in this business anymore, and I'm not at your beck and call. And then even though there is the joke where Flint's like, I can handle this on Thursday, or right. I can pencil you in, there was a level of, like, he showed him, like, like this is what happened. And Flint's like, oh, that's interesting. Like, he just, he immediately, Flint also he, jumps on board, like, too. He immediately is like, that is, like, an issue. That's like, yeah. That is something very odd. So I, I thought that was another good way of building off of the first one. Um, yeah. so, yeah, so so there's that. Another, another issue I kind of had with the movie was that I wasn't quite sure what I should know when and, like, how certain things fit together. Because there was a point when... So they get to the end, of, towards the end of the movie, and then they do reveal 
the whole plan. The women's the yeah. women, the women I, plot. I, I guess there is just a general sense of like I'm not really sure what the yeah. momentum of this movie is. Right, because the thing is is like you know that these these women are like up to something and you know they have a con like basically you know they have a contact like, you know, in the military that's like basically kind of helping them kind of take over all this stuff. Um General Carter, I think, mm-hmm. is his yeah. name. But there's also a sense of like I, I the kind of that big reveal of the plan is kind of almost too late in the movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so basically there is this whole thing where it's again like the investigation's kind of going on, but at the same time there's really no true kind of direction for yeah, Flint well, to go. Then they then they kind of introduce it and then they kind of upend it to mm-hmm. for no reason, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, maybe it's kind of that like Men are always ruining everything. I guess maybe that's what it's trying I think to get it, at. I mean, but. I think it's one of the. I mean, I'll get to that in a minute. I, you know, obviously, the movie doesn't handle that stuff in, incredibly well. I think there's like a nut. Like, it really is because the whole kind of thing is that you know Carter has like a bug in in Cramden's office because you know he's basically keeping an eye on on the spy organization, making sure no no one catches them. So then they work to discredit Cramden by posing him with a prostitute. Mm-hmm. And a particularly ugly prostitute right. because that was, you know, the 60s. You couldn't, you know, just any woman. Yeah, it, it was already so bad that, like, you were with a prostitute. And then just that she was ugly just yeah. throws it on top. Though it did lead to a funny joke where he walks it, where Flint walks in. And then he's like, well, but you have to believe me, Flint. I'm no Don Juan. And then Flint's like, oh, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I that was, yeah. Yeah, it was like, yeah. Uh, so basically, because then it's like, you know, um, there's this kind of whole thing where, like, you know, Flint is basically, like, trying to go in, and so he sneaks into the records, like, or, like, the document shredder area and, like, the, the organization, um, and then, you know, oh, he finds out, like, from the heartbeat that, like, the two people in the in the uh, the space are, the, there are females right, because right. of, like, the heartbeat, so it's, like, and they have to be Russian because of this, and, like, for whatever reason, like, you know, it's, like, their heartbeats are 80 per minute, so it has to be you know, this and like the, the Russians are so like their heartbeats are so perfect that like there's no skipping a step. So it right. like has to be Russia. So then he goes to Russia, but then, you know, it's like we already kind of know things. It's just like your are just exactly right. It's just like I just the movie doesn't do a great enough job at like giving the proper information at the proper time. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like you get like the main information too late. But, like, you could have really sprinkled that out throughout the movie to kind of really kind of shown like a a momentum drive. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, my biggest criticism is, like, it's just not a very well-directed movie. No. <laughs> because it's, like, because you're right, because there's even all this stuff with the whole framing of Cramden is, like, kind of done in a very slow, lackadaisical way where it's, like, and then, like, because then he gets caught, and then I'm, like, even I was, like, wait, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And, like, so there is a level right, of like, that. Right, they've that, set him uh, up yeah. to be, like, because, you know, the main one of the, the, the main woman of this organization, the one that we follow the most, like, poses as a school teacher, drugs crammed in with, like, kind of a euphoric drug, poses with him in bed, and then Carter, you know, their inside man, like, is already there, and he's, yeah. like, okay, like, you know, you got there and then you know the basically it's like oh like the fake president's like we'll try not to get this out in the papers you're suspended temporarily i'll never turn my back on you and then immediately turns his back on him i mm-hmm. kind of like that little yeah, detail. Yeah. and then it is in the, it is in the papers everywhere so yeah. you know he's disgraced. i mean there's still a good amount of like that fun funny stuff that right. we that we liked from the first film right because i i do like i did like because then you know it's like 
Cram is like, and now we can't get to Flint because like he's off in his like desert retreat where he like is gonna eat on grubs for yeah for a week. And then like you know the other kind of you know Cram's little assistant friend who I kind of liked in the oh movie. I did I, I liked him a lot. So he basically has like a young assistant friend who like believes in Flint and much as Cramden does. And so there's this whole thing where that guy like you know Flint's like dr- flying his own airplane with like another pilot and he basically is like you know gonna jump into the desert and then like the the assistant guy comes in with the newspaper yeah and, like just hands it off to him like <laughs> skydiving I like that and then like flint that. immediately comes back um but I, I did like that guy um yeah he 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 was definitely good um i i actually honestly think the biggest thing that we should just talk about right now is just the whole kind of crux of the plot yeah being, like the whole woman thing which is kind of one of these things where you, it, it's weird because it's just kind of like it, it's. I want to say they dropped the ball on it, but it's also that's giving the movie too much credit mm-hmm. that it was able to handle that ball. That's well really in the, the first place. That's the, really the thing about it. Like in when I was thinking about this after the movie, there's like a nugget of like a good satire you could have with this. Yes, I think that there's definitely like a potential of like the satire of you know like. Maybe the the women are in the right for equality, and like maybe they're taking it too far. But then you know the men come in, you know the men they're partnering like because the whole thing is like, well, even like Flint's kind of a dick about it too. See, that was my biggest disappointment. Yeah, I felt like knowing the character of Flint, I felt like he would have been more so on the side of you're completely right. We definitely don't treat like women correctly. Yeah, but this is too like taking over the world is too far. Like holding. You know, people hostage with like nukes and stuff, or, well, or like brainwashing yeah, people it's like, and like, freezing like, other. I feel like issues, there's yeah. like and yeah, Flint's more like more of just like like kind of like bemused of just like you can't do this. Like yeah, you think you can do this? And I'm yeah, like, yeah, it's funny because they call him out, but then the movie never. And they like, just had this scene where it's like, you know, he's talking to the girl like about like you know why women like are attracted to him, and he's amazingly like I don't compete with them. I like you know basically like is like I kind of stand as their. Mm-hmm. They're equal, You're right? And right. it's like, and then you go through this whole thing of like that was that was actually kind of a neat little like little character thing. I kind of actually really liked that as an explanation. Sure, sure. And actually thought that was pretty kind of cool the movie to say that, and then they immediately undercut it. Yeah. By basically being like he just doesn't take the women seriously at all. Right. And and like and I think like the whole thing is like yeah, and then kind of the fake president has gotten too used to power as well as the general that they partnered up with, so they're basically like. Oh, we're gonna take over the operation now, ladies. And there's still like kind of there still could be a kind of a nice little satire well, there, a, but it's just like a, it's just like it's a 1967 movie. It's just like they're not gonna handle that very well. No, I mean, and, and to be fair, it it's not the worst case scenario for it, what it, they want to do. It definitely is not. They do give like you know they they do. Even it, though I still think it it still kind of undercuts what they're trying to do. They do at least give the credit of like, well, it, it, the women are the way they kind of like are able to overcome and save the day. And then they do kind of I, I do feel like the movie kind of it, I don't think the movie lands on that. Yeah, it should be a man's world. Right. I, I don't think that morally no, the movie lands no. on that. I think it realizes that because there's even kind of that little little kind of hint at the end where the president's kind of being like leave it to the men sweetheart and then he walks away and then the women give that ooh we'll come back one day so yeah. you and know it, it kind it, of ends it, a little it, agnostic will, on that I will that. say though like it it doesn't necessarily like undercut women completely like yeah. the thing is it's kind of the way we talk it doesn't become 
a a pussy galore situation right. where it's like oh these badass women and they're gonna do the thing and they're evil and they're they're equal with the men and then immediately at, there's a moment and then they're useless like it doesn't do that and it still kind of presents the like women as like competent and you know they're able to kind of once their plan is taken away you know once their kind of plan is overthrown by these two guys mm-hmm. they're still kind of like well we have a plan B let's go with that let's at least stop these guys from taking over the world and then you know we'll come back and do our own thing again sometime it also has that very early sense of like i'm sure their hearts were in the right place when they were doing this but probably doesn't do exactly what they want where it's kind of at the end of the day like the women despite wanting to do this kind of win the day using their feminine wiles which is the only it is kind of it is kind of funny though that they really could have just done the same thing because it's like the whole thing is like eventually they're like operation smooch yeah and the whole thing about that is basically it's just like they're gonna go to like the because basically now they've armed this this supposed peace um uh this peace spaceship with mm-hmm. nukes. Right. And so the whole idea is now these two men are going to take, you know, the nukes, they're going to hold the world hostage and they're going to, you know, insert like the fake president into true like world power. Mm-hmm. So the idea is like, well, we have to get to that base and we have to stop them. So the women say like operation smooch. So what they do is they all show up to the Island in like bikinis and then all the men, like all the guards immediately are like women, right? Let's and, make and that's out. what I mean. They like I get, I one hundred percent expect that what they're trying to do is like look how dumb men are. Yes, like and that they'll fall for this easy because then the women end up beating them up. But yeah. at the same time, it is that kind of like, well, you want you, you're doing the story where this the, the women want like you know to be out of you know the 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 patriarchal norms, but yeah. like they still win the day using their looks and right. their feminine, which you know there's nothing wrong with them. Just no. it's just not the cure all. I'm sure that they they think yeah. it is. It, it um, is just kind of funny though that it's like, but like, it's a cool idea. That was kind of like that's the, the thing, most it, frustrating. It's still like thing that part it. of it though, like in that kind, like that's where I talked about like that part of the satire could have worked if yeah. it was just the rest of it was was well. Stronger. They could have even gotten away with doing the whole like maybe Flint. It does like you know if this was a clever movie done today, they could have done like, well maybe the Fl- maybe Flint's initial reaction is bemused by it, but then maybe like that's a fault of his own. Maybe like that's kind of the joke. It's yeah. like you know he like that kind of like oh like like you know you're you're an ally until like you know push comes to shove or something like that. Yeah. Like I'm just saying there are ways that they could have played with it, but yeah. I mean, but but at the same but, time but the- I couldn't get mad because I'm like well like honestly what was I really expecting? Right? Yeah. Uh, I did like that the end of the movie, um, speaking of that, just essentially became a mixture of uh, the end of Octopussy and the end of Moonraker. That's true. Because That's it's really like true. it's really like the end of Octopussy where all like the women are taking on like, you know, are, are invading like this this beach or this house and like, you know, and like saving the guys mm-hmm. or uh, or stopping the bad guys and then Flint does go into space. Yeah. There is a there is a line though where uh Flint is like like they tell him that oh the 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 president is actually an actor. Yes, and then, yes. And then uh, Flint's just like, huh, an actor in the White House. <laughs> and then he had a good moment where the 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 president, who's like really the actor, just starts hamming it up by the right. end of the film. Right, but basically because the the president is just like the fake president. Like again, he's so used to just the power and doing everything that he's basically like going through with this. But then the general goes crazy and then like he's trying to say like, general, stand down. Like this is not what we planned or whatever. But eventually, 
you know, and he's like, well, I still will rule. And then he eventually starts like just reciting Shakespeare, like he's yeah. getting let off. And I thought that crazy. was funny. That was good. Um, I like that. That was that was good. And, and, and just uh, I did find that like the again, like I liked some of the choreography of the action, like the the little bit in the gym. The gym. I thought that was awesome. The gym was really was the gym was really like probably a highlight uh, part of the movie. Dude, his flying kicks. Oh, are like yeah, crazy. One, there's one point like this flying drop kick where. He's on this island, you know. He's invest. He the, the the women's island, like it's a it's you know kind of a a beauty parlor thing where they, um, uh, you know, or like it's their it's their front. It's right. like like beauty spa, like you. Oh, it, it's a, it's like a spa island. It's spa like a island, like yeah. a retreat. Yeah, yeah. So Flint's like sneaking on it, and he you know, has one of it. You know, the dolphin thing comes back up. He calls a dolphin. Yeah. I was really hoping he'd like just jump over the fence, even though that made no sense. Like but yes. free willy style. Yeah, but uh, the the dolphin. Uh, just kind of leads him safely through like the the fencing, um, but then at one point he basically like runs like you see him running, and then you just cut to like you see the guard, and he basically just you see him flint like to fly into screen and just like drop kick him. It's crazy. Yeah, it was awesome. I thought that I thought that was pretty. You know the uh, the the gym sequence at the spa retreat is pretty much the highlight of the film when he's trying to escape from from General Carter. Uh, is is a highlight, especially because at, at the end of that sequence, he beats up all these guys. He's like, you know, on uh, he, the bolt, he he bowls someone. He he rolls a strike. Oh yes, yes, he, that was cause, great. Because he like, you know, it's like he does like a. I like. There's a lot of highlights. Like one point, like he swings on a rope, and then someone comes in after him, and then he pulls the rope away. Yeah. Um, that that whole scene was just well choreographed. But, but at and... one point, like there's a bowling, like there's a little bowling alley, yeah. like at the side of the room, and he basically just hits a strike on somebody yeah. and like you know the guy he hits the guy and the guy rolls well all yeah he hits him with the ball and then like the guy with the ball rolls into the pins, yeah, into and, the it's pins. A, and it's a strike so yeah but, that, but then at the funny. end of the sequence it was fun because he, he does this whole elaborate sequence with like all these fights and he's like on like the 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 thing where like the gymnast like they flip and stuff like that and he's doing all this crazy stuff and then he exits the room and everybody else is like right there like all the all the bad guys are right there and he's like oh we were, you were just delaying everything like nice of you to join us and well yeah, and then they get cryogenically frozen which yeah. is another thing that happens in this movie um and then in the because flint uses his big sonic device mm-hmm. which is now his belt buckle he just puts it together to like break his cryogenic freezing chamber open but then he uses it to break over in everybody else's and i'm just like well, couldn't you just have opened all the doors? Oh, and even yeah. if they're password like protected, like yeah. doesn't like the woman probably know how to reprogram? Them? Yeah, know. yeah, that's just, that was kind of silly. Yeah, that's a that's a little silly. Another yeah. silly thing that was fun, but they ultimately didn't do anything with, is this big Cramden moment where yeah. he's like, "I know how to get onto the island," and then he, you know, he, he goes into drag and like you know makes him up as like some elderly woman that. And it's kind of funny that it's like a bit, and it's like I liked it because well, it's supposed he, to be his big like. Two can play sh- at this he sh- game. He shaved his mustache sh- off for it, which I was a little sad about. I was yeah. like, "Oh, he got rid of his mustache." But then he goes onto the island, and then he. Uh, but then, like the women know it. They know it immediately. Which, to be fair, the movie did a good job of making me think, like, okay, like you know, he's on the island, and all the women are kind of making snide comments to him because it's like you know, like you know, it's a mannish woman or whatever, yeah. and then. And then when he's like, all right, this is your room. And then they go into the room and it's the jail cell with the president. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to be honest. I was like, oh, they did kind of get me on that. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, what else? Anything else to talk about? Um, uh, I mean, I think in terms of a ga- uh, like a, a gag that I don't think was thought through enough was um, at one point, 
Flint is disguised as like a Cuban. Oh yeah, like okay. a, like soldier or, or what? Cuban revolutionary. Yeah. So okay. it's basically so, and this is actually the most like in terms of people who know the movie, it's like the most infamous scene from the film where he basically. So he's. Oh, uh, he was in Russia, and mm-hmm. I liked that it also paid off the ballet thing from the first movie, mm. where like he basically like he's like I have to go to Russia to find out why those cosmonauts are are in the spaceship. So then you cut to him, and he's performing in the ballet with like his contact, who's who's another bla- ballet dancer. But you basically see him doing all the ballet stuff, and at the end he basically like jumps into a window on stage. It's it's kind of fun. No, that but basically that like in he he basically kind of finds out that. You know, through kind of sneaking around, um, that the thing is in the Virgin Islands, uh, the 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 headquarters of this organization. You know, it's ultimately there to the frame Cramden. Like it leads him to the Virgin Islands, but the only flight to the fir- like the, they don't have any. You know, it's like you just hear the president of like the Russian czar or whatever. He's like, you know, we don't have any direct flights to the Virgin Islands. Our only direct flight close to there is Cuba. So basically, then Flint's like, okay, well, I gotta go to Cuba. So. He disguises himself as like the classic Cuban revolutionary. So it's like the green, like the big beard, the green outfit, like, you know, the, the Fidel Castro look. Mm-hmm. He's on this plane with a bunch of other Cuban revolutionaries. And eventually, like, he bargains his way into the pilot's thing with a dead chicken and two cigars. Mm-hmm. And so he bargains his way in the whole kind of joke. It's like, oh, this is what a socialist country is. Right, like, right. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's kind funny. of the whole. It's yeah. like a, it's a satire, like, yeah, what a socialist flight would be, quote unquote. But then he basically, you know, takes over the flight, and then you know, ta- ties up the two pilots, reroutes the flight to the Virgin Islands, then walks out and starts like singing this fake cuban revolutionary song yeah which it, isn't it, even like which is subtitled in in russian for some reason it's subtitled in russian and also is accompanied by the, the bouncing sing-along with with, like, with the red star with the red star and that was one of those i mean i laughed don't get me wrong it was like, silly it was silly it was kind of like but a, it was you the know biggest what? indicator that i'm like oh this movie the thing is, that thing didn't really hit but it was that kind of like stupid over the top stuff that I wanted more of. Like that was really the thing about. If the movie. the movie was more consistent about it, then it wouldn't have been an issue. I don't, and I shouldn't say it was an issue, but it was the first indicator that I thought that the movie didn't really have a handle of how silly it wanted to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that but it's was just like really... if, that, if they had done stuff like that throughout the movie, mm-hmm. I felt like that would have been perfectly fine. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. I mean. Then. Uh. Yeah. They have a zero gravity. Quote unquote. Yeah, they have a zero gravity fight, fight, which was what it was. Uh, I mean, I did. There was a minute when when I saw that there was a rocket. I was like, please go to space. Please yeah. go to space. And then they went to space. So I was happy uh, about that. And it's also, you know, it's like, I like the, I appreciate the the, the model work was, it was kind of an, it, amusing. Yeah. And just how modeling awful it was. explosion though yeah i'm like oh they really yeah. cheaped out on the but explosion then, like, the same thing as the ending where it's like again you think flint might be dead because it's like they they you know they're basically like this thing you know oh yeah they're 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 put in with a dilemma that we have to blow up that spaceship with the with the nukes before it gets to the station and then they're like but flint's on it and and, and it was actually this very well done very few words moment where I, I just thought like without getting too deep into it, I just thought that moment was very well acted. Mm-hmm. I, I thought, yeah. And uh, but the, but I was gonna say is that we have the again we have you know just like the first movie, but I still like this moment 
at the end when when Flint's revealed to be alive on the space station, like Flint uh, Calhoun, uh, sorry not Calhoun, Cramden, like gets to go like crazy again because it's just this whole movie he's just been put out and all this sort of stuff and finally like he gets like a break because like Flint mm-hmm. is alive and well they've saved the day and he's like that's my boy oh yeah yeah that's yeah. my Flint. that was great to see that's because he's Flint that's why he survived and then Flint has some space sex with the two cosmonauts which I thought was a real another good plant payoff thing because it's like because you really don't see those two until the end of the right like you saw them at the beginning and then they're like and then so when that happened even i was like oh that's funny yeah Uh, that's Uh, that's good one one more moment that i liked i thought i mentioned just again like the brief little this is also like again jaylee cobb like and his like timing and his stuff is that the one point where there was a fight in in the zowie headquarters in the document shredding room and they think you know he you know flint was shredded yeah so you know Carter is basically like, here's like the ashes of your buddy Flint, and you know we know that you know you probably like sent him off to this, so you know you're in bigger trouble now. And then it's everybody's like, basically like they think they're defeated, like the um, you know the assistants there, and they're both basically like, man, Flint. And this is a big emotional scene where Cramden's like, you know, crying. He's basically like crying. He's like, Flint was the best, you know, and he was like my friend and all that sort of stuff. And then. <laughs> The assistant's like smoking, and he starts like gonna put the oh he's yeah gonna, he's, he's gonna, gonna put drop, the ashes out put the ashes in in the supposed in the urn in the urn uh, of Flint's ashes, and then Cranston's me like what are you what are you doing? And he's like sorry, like, <laughs> and then this isn't the real thing. But but yeah, and then I thought it was funny. Then he's just like, well wait, Flint's alive. It's like well who is this? Well, I don't care. <laughs> like, so I thought that was yeah. that was good. Um, since it's not an official movie episode, do we even say who Harrison Ford is? Is he the actor? <laughs> he was before the actor before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or he's a movie executive that's wondering why the actor won't call him back. Yes, like it's just like what happened to Sebastian? <laughs> Sebastian was supposed to be the big star of my King Lear production. Where is he? I like it. I like um, it. So a brief little aftermath for the movie. Unless you have any final thoughts? No, I mean, uh, you know, it's weird and it's 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 fitting that you're we're kind of transitioning into the aftermath because despite all of that, there's still a level of like. I'm a little like interested at why this character. There is not more of this character. Like I, I like I know. Well, you. I'm, I'm sure you're about to kind of mention yeah. like about uh, potentially what they were going to do and what had happened. But yeah. but that was the biggest thing. Was like even though this movie was a little bit more of a miss for me, I still liked a lot of those character dynamics. The, the, ca- the two main characters are still strong enough that you could have done more with them. Yeah. Like this is easily could have been just like, and you could have gotten another two movies out of that, just that dynamic itself, and just you know the the silliness, you know, and again, this is the movie. Basically speaking, like our man Flint, I think is still very much worth a look, and you can you know you're if you guys aren't doing anything, uh, you can look at it. It's available for rent on Amazon Prime. It's definitely kind of worth like just a silly little look. Um, this one is just like more so like if you're just curious enough to see it. I think there's still some good stuff with the Flint character, especially if you like Flint and, and Cramden. I think you'll definitely get some stuff out of this one. Um, so basically, the uh, story of the movie is that it also did well for 20th Century Fox. Still made a, a nice budget for them. Um, not, not a nice budget. A nice profit uh, of about 5 to $6 million, uh, which is very good for the kind of budget that the movie had. So they were all ready to go on a, uh, a third one, and they were all ready to go into production, but... Um, Coburn was basically like, well, you put on a producer who, you know, lost interest right away. You put on a director that lost interest right away. I don't know how much interest you actually have in doing these, like, as movies. 
he was just kind of frustrated with the production mm. of In Like Flint. So basically he said no and the studio didn't want to look for a new Derek Flint um, because they, they admitted that like Coburn made the character and they didn't want to just put out, you know, didn't want to do the Bond way. They're just like, well, we have other things, you know, we can do, you know, a new like version of Fantastic Voyage or something like that. Like they, they once Coburn said no, they were like, oh, well, let's do, we'll, we'll find another thing to make money. Yeah. Um, there was a television pilot uh, in the mid '70s, for a Derek Flint TV series where Flint becomes a private detective mm-hmm. and takes on cases, probably would have been very much in that same. I haven't seen it myself. It's probably out there somewhere. Um, but it aired. It was uh, made by a Canadian production studio and then aired on ABC. Probably would have been right in the realm of like what they were doing with Columbo and stuff like that at that time. But just nothing doing. Mm. Uh, didn't get picked up. One thing to note about In Like Flint, though, uh, as established in Austin Powers' The Spy Who Shagged Me, In Like Flint is Austin Powers' favorite movie. <laughs> yes. Oh, I forgot all about that. Yeah, it's at the beginning of, of The Spy Who Shagged Me. It, 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 he says he sees In Like Flint on television and, and it proclaims it his favorite movie. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, because it does share like a lot more similar DNA like with that, which I think we had mentioned yeah. in, in the last show. Um, but but really, like I think this is a character that you you could find a way to do something. Yeah, with. I, again, I would have watched another one, and um, I I hope it. I just think it's right for uh for to make it up yeah. again. I mean, it, it it's a little bit of a hard sell, I think, because doing like a. I don't know. I don't think anybody's like yearning for a spy offshoot. I think the thing is, is like if you could find a, there's either like you got to do it like, I feel like you could easily do it in a in a like kind of like a lower budget like streaming way. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you were clever enough with it and you got the right actor attached, mm-hmm. like I feel like, I think if you got like the right Flint and Cramden characters attached, right. like the actors for them, you got a little bit of star power in it. I think you could make it work. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, well, this was fun. Uh, like you know, I always I always enjoy adding um, another um, addition to the Bon Bonzilla canon, official or unofficial. So yeah. this was this was uh, this was fun to go through. I uh, I agree. Yeah, and uh, I do like I do want to go do more actual deep dives into Bond stuff, but there definitely is room, I think, for for more of these kind of bonus film episodes. Like I wouldn't mind maybe looking at one of the other two, you know, Austin Powers movies or something like that, or mm-hmm. you know, something to that extent, you know, or you know, maybe like Patriot Games or something like down the line. If they, if we want to do something a little extra like that, you know, yeah, who knows? But um, uh, we do, there will be more actual Bond deep dives. I believe our next one, our next deep dive will be a Bond deep dive, and I we do have some ideas for that, which we'll continue to discuss. Yeah, and um, in the meantime, uh, next time we will be going um, Godzilla for for the rest of the month, um, and we are going for another Godzilla offshoot, and uh, we can talk about what the next movie we are going to be watching. Uh, We are going to be coming back in the States, um, because our last... Man, it's been so much going on. Our last movie was... What was our last movie for Godzilla? Was Was it Gamera? I think it may have been. I mean, man. Yeah, we we it's been yeah, it's, it's been such it a crazy a, few weeks. Right, like uh, it's, it's let like, me let me confirm. I yeah, believe last I, I one do was, I do believe it was Gamera. Um, uh, no, 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 no. Well, our last our last well, that's the thing. Our last actual movie was Gamera. We yeah. did the Jan de Bont 
movie last time. Oh yeah, yeah. So yes, it really was. Yes, it really yeah, has been a while since we actually sorry, watched sorry. a movie. Yeah. It, well, I mean, it, I think, but I do think that does excuse this because we didn't actually watch a movie for yeah. the last one. Which again, I, I still say go back and listen. I know we say this about all our episodes, but that Jandabon episode was like pretty it's, fun. I have heard a couple of people say good things about that episode. Cool. Um, I'm glad. Uh, the uh, but the uh, so anyway, we're come we're going to stay in the states, I guess, and we're going to be talking about another god, not only Godzilla but kaiju offshoot in the form of Pacific Rim. Yes. So next uh, next time uh, we're going to have our our official movie episode on uh, Pacific Rim, the Guillermo del Toro film, and then we're going to spend the deep dive uh, following that talking about. Um, the, its sequel and uh, other material uh, around the film, and then just other topics surrounding it. And we could talk about all your Pacific Rim, yes, uh, yes, uh, figures. I, yeah, I have uh, I have them all uh, pristine and uh, and locked so off from the world. It's going to be a very fun-filled movie month here uh, for for the quarantine. So lots of movies, lots of discussions. So we're here. For the long haul. Yep. All right, guys. Well, uh, until next time, I uh, hope everybody's doing well. Hope you're still enjoying the show. And uh, until next time, take care. Peace.